You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network for your favorite show where we cover RuPaul's Drag Race, All Stars, Addendum, All Stars. Uh, we are here to cover season three, episode two. Insert title here because I don't know it off the top of my head. Um. And we're back to cover all your favorite bits, all the way from Celine Dion to Mariah Carey. As always, I'm Rossi, and I didn't know I had a resting bitch face. <laughs> and now you know. Uh, <laughs> my name is Colin, and I am a friend of a friend of a friend of Celine. <laughs> <laughs> of a friend of a friend, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whew, milk. Milk is always so interesting sometimes. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, so this week, we have, first we got the recap of last week with the whole Morgan thing going home. We got the whole scenes about Ben de la Creme breaking down, which felt uh, weird just because Ben said, oh, we're going to be eliminating the ones that are weak and then eliminates the stronger ones. So it's a little confusing. What were your takes on this, Colin? <laughs> I mean, I'm lost on who's weak and who's strong. I'm still lost on who's who once they go into costume. Um, but I, as always, exactly. Yeah, I I will say that the opening stuff we had, all this discussion and all that, you know, covering last week. I mean, being able to watch two episodes back to back helped me understand the show a little bit more. <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, the idiot podcaster here that everybody listening to this is going to be like, "How come he can't follow this? It's so clear who Milk is and who." Aja is and all that, but I mean, I, I it being able to watch this after seeing last week's episode, I can follow these storylines, these uh, just talking amongst yourself storylines a lot more. So whereas last week, this is where I was tuning out, I actually was able to pay attention to it a little this week, just a little bit. Well, it makes more sense when you know who they are. Yeah, when you kind of and know the who last they are. the last time we covered an episode like a standard non premiere episode was the one when you're caught in the middle of the season. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, who is this? Who was eliminated? Yeah, I know who Maggie Smith is, but who are all these other guys? <laughs> Maggie Smith and Judge Judy is all you need to know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we obviously get the reveal that Aja was going to eliminate Chi-Chi had lip sync winning had gone her way. Were you at all worried? What did you think of this situation from your perspective? Because you're the one who has a more interesting perspective than I do. So, Well... I mean, again, it's weird for me because I, I compare this show more to other ones out there like uh, I've said MasterChef or Face Off and uh, – or not MasterChef, Hell's Kitchen or Face Off. I guess a little bit of MasterChef you could throw in there. But uh, just the format of the show and then this idea that people can eliminate others. I still don't know how that sits with me for a show I think that's supposed to be a talent competition – I mean, it's kind of like if you're on American Idol and then you can pick whoever's the worst singer, singer and keep them around. So I'm still not completely it's, sold it's on not this. Amer- it's not American Idol All-Stars. Yeah, okay, so American Idol All-Stars, these are the, yeah. These are all like the past losers, like um, insert past losers here. This is like William Hung versus, you know, whoever else from American Idol. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know, I just think it's different, like, because I feel like I always compare to Survivor just because I'm thinking about, you know, you're voting someone out, mm-hmm. even though it's fun to vote. It's like the final tribal council or uh, the final three elimination every time. But it's always interesting to think, like, what would happen if, like, someone knew that you were going to send them home? Yeah. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about, like, oh, had you won, you would have sent me home or whatever. I just think it's a different dynamic that we're not used to on these shows. Like, you can't imagine, like, an American Idol singer being like, well, I would have sent them home. Like, we don't really care about them that much. I'm still playing catch up because, again, I've never really seen this show before. I'm I'm along as the RuPaul Three virgin episodes, here. Steve. Yeah. But, um, I, I mean, we kind of already covered about how past seasons worked for these vote outs or whatever or, or um, uh, eliminations. But, like, are they obligated to tell who they wanted to go? Or is this just, you know, Aja trying to stir up trouble here? You know, they always said it. I feel like that may be, like, a producer's, like, show it, show it. Mm -hmm. Behind the scenes. But, you know, everyone did show it, like, what they were going to do. So I don't know if 
they're required to or not, but they feel, I guess they seem pretty open to sharing it. Yeah. And I guess Um, the other thing, and this is just an observation just on the whole episode is, you know, last week you had mentioned, oh, it's like an hour long episode or whatever. And I thought, well, this is a premiere thing, kind of like Survivor does the 90 minute premieres. And here we had another, I guess it was 90 minute episodes, but like an hour after all commercials are out. And it feels like, I mean, in a way, I think having all these extra scenes with everybody talking, it helps me to understand the show a little bit better. But I can definitely feel that this is something that would drag a little bit. Like, they, they're really just looking for things for people to talk about now and trying to find ways to stir up drama. And I don't think it all works in this episode. Which, I guess we can get to it, but what scene were you think? What what scene was it's, this? Was it the beginning? No. Nah, was it the middle, the end? What? The beginning and the middle, I actually was more on board with because I was starting to understand who these characters are and what their personalities are and their relationships to each other and all that. And that I liked. But when it got to the end of the episode and I feel like the challenge is over and then we have 20 minutes of people talking uh, and the yeah. bigger issue, well, I'll get to it a little bit more on the end. The bigger issue with that I have is just how there's really no way to edit this to actually make it that interesting uh that's where i feel like i don't know i don't think this show needs to be extended by half an hour yeah i feel like they're just trying to do that to and maybe they got a longer time slot so they're like oh let's just do it but i did think that at least last episode the first episode i didn't get a sense who was going home until it was like i was a little shocked mm-hmm. when it was morgan i was like ooh, but this time I, I saw I read the edit like if we were in Survivor talk yeah exactly like I read the edit so maybe like in in like in this episode those really dragged out whereas I feel like in the first episode these scenes didn't really drag on as much mm-hmm. plus we had the inner splice of Vanessa Hudgens against Porkchop yeah. <laughs> which which got rid of some of the tension mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and then we get rejoined to them the next day the next morning and they're talking about their um, – normally I don't really write this – notice this stuff, but this time we got Chi-Chi calling out Milk for that awful fashion performance with the cardboard. <laughs> and then we, we got a great quote from Trixie where she's like, talent can't, your talent can't be Velcro. <laughs> I was just like – I could see, like, why that performance was bad. Like, I see it was bad. Like, I thought it was bad, but it wasn't, like, the awful for me, unlike this week. Did you what were, what were your thoughts? I don't remember what you thought on, about that performance. Did you remember it from last week? The well, I I think it was the song that stressed me out. I mean, there were probably six or seven songs last week that stressed you me got out. Too stressed out. Yeah, I'm very stressed by the music in this. Person. <laughs> but um, no, I thought that that whole idea with the the cardboard costume that was clever because that's the other thing I have with the show is that you know, as somebody who doesn't really pay attention to clothes or anything like that. I pay more attention when there's less clothes on people. <laughs> um, yeah, I bet you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't really pay attention to, like, when Jamie watches Project Runway or whatever that is, like, I don't get it at all. So when they start talking about clothes, I mean, that's another part where I'm just, I'm zoning out because I, I'm going to be more likely to judge something that just looks clever and funny because what I kind of appreciate about this show, even though I'm obviously not a target demographic and have never seen the show before. Uh, what? You you wouldn't believe it, but I'm not. Ben, yes, but not me. But um, <laughs> it's it's when somebody does something that's clever and kind of funny because, you know, I talked last week and I'll mention a few times throughout this just about this is sort of like – a version of comedy and just stand-up comedy. And when you have, like, the cardboard costume, at least that stands out for me more. I couldn't tell you what anybody else was wearing last week. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I didn't expect you to. But, uh, I mean, I thought the... I mean, the, anyway, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I thought the performance was kind of boring. It was kind of flat, like the cardboard. It probably was. But I'll bump. And anyway... But I thought it was interesting that we have, we're definitely getting a lot of drama and sort of that everyone's kind of like going at each other. They're like not afraid to punch, pull punches or hold back and everything. Um, but anyway, we'll get to the challenge, which is pretty much the entire episode, mm-hmm. including practicing. Um, so they have the iconic divas of music where everyone's playing a different sort of diva. Did you have any... Was there anyone that you wanted to see being portrayed as? I mean, every week I'm going to say this. Somebody needs to do Nicki Minaj because I love Nicki Minaj. But uh, 
You just want more Nicki Minaj. Uh, yeah, just bring her on the show. Like, just Nicki Minaj's Drag Race or something. I think I've even said that uh, in one of the past two episodes we've done. But, I mean, they kind of, you know, checked every box here as far as what you consider a diva. There were a few in there where I'm like, you know, is Julie Andrews really a diva? <laughs> but when they have, like, Mariah Carey and Celine Dion, I mean, that's that's basically everybody you expect. And also when they were mentioning they were pairing up, this is what... I found more entertainment in than just this is a person wearing clothes uh, or uh, especially the same clothes that they wore. Apparently we'll cover that in a minute, but I mean, I like the comedy part of this and I saw this similar to that snatch game, the random episode that we covered last year where uh, it was about performance and you're actually portraying a person, you're doing a parody of them. So it was really interesting to see that these people, most of them, <laughs> got that this is a parody and a few of them thought that it was supposed to be like a dead-on impression yeah I definitely can see that uh, I mean we could run through it but we'll talk about who is playing portraying who is what good because I already um, forget who's who in this <laughs> yeah we'll go through it um, but obviously we get a little bit of talk about milk knowing Celine Dion through <laughs> a friend of a friend <laughs> through friends of friends, through 16 off cousins, twice removed. Um, but the main thing that we get during this whole um, preparation practice is the the Shangela Diva moments of acting like Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. the method acting of her being the true diva in the performance practice and then translating it into the actual performance. Obviously, we get a lot of fights between her and Milk and some of the others. What were your what were your impressions of this? Of of just the Mariah Carey one, or just the just the pre like the practice oh, the stuff with stuff. the whole um, yeah. Well, I mean, the main thing is obviously the everybody knows the Stevie Nicks conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> that's famous. Uh, but I mean, everybody was sort of assigned their character, and they seemed like they took to it. Um, Definitely, I, I saw. I can't remember. You, I already forget. You mentioned the name, and I already forget who was doing Mariah Carey here. But uh, um, you know, just getting into character and everything, and playing the whole diva thing, and also this guest judge they had as the uh, the mentor or whatever. Like, who is this? Okay, so that's um, Todd Hall. He was a per a permanent uh, a regular judge last All Stars. But then, like, he was too kind and too, like, soft. So he wasn't the best judge. So they brought him back for season nine because he's musically trained. I think he does Broadway things. So he was brought back to do a challenge based on music. And now he's doing their choreography for this dance. So he's just a regular reappear panel member who does just some of the more music-based things, like the dancing, the singing, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the whole debate whether or not Thor, you got enough choreography to be Stevie Nicks. Well, and the whole thing. Yeah, Thorgy had that line uh, about you know everybody else is getting uh, extra stuff to do except for me, and then he steps up and says, "Oh, how how come I'm the only one who's not getting you know a supporting role here?" And then basically goes on to complain about how he doesn't have anything to perform. And I'm like, well, it might have gone easier on you if you gave yourself less. If you weren't sure how you're going to perform this, then give yourself less work. Like, it didn't really make sense to me fighting for a spot that you're not comfortable doing. Yeah, it was all over the place. I definitely think we'll get more into the individuals when we talk about the performances. Um, Do you have anything else to say from this thing or should we just get right into the divas itself now, i want to get into the performances because that's the fun stuff up in this yeah. episode okay so first up we have milk as celine dion oh. <laughs> performing peanut butter by rupaul okay <laughs> i'm gonna stop you for a second so are these songs that rupaul has previously these recorded? are all rupaul songs okay okay which is why they're allowed to do it because no sort of uh copyright or warranty Mm -hmm. you know those no sort of legal fees to deal with you know rupaul's show rupaul's music it's all good yeah so obviously they have to pay do the royalties etc for the things like the anaconda and the jump that we heard later in this episode Mm -hmm. so like it's a lot easier to do that music so everything except for mariah carey was all rupaul's stuff and the mariah carey's i'm gonna have 
more questions on, but um, <laughs> the Celine Dion uh, one. Okay, so yeah. I, I knew somebody was playing Celine Dion going into this, uh, and you would have figured that would have been one of the easier things to do. Now, they did bring this up later on, but the first thing I was thinking, I'm like, this kind of sounds like Celine Dion, but there's no way, because what's with that weird black wig, and this person looks nothing like Celine Dion, and they're doing nothing. And there was a funny moment where they picked up the shoe and kind of like sang into the shoe at the end like it was a phone, uh, which is a little bit funny, but was there even an attempt here to look like I thought part of this was you have to look like the person you're doing an impersonation. And this didn't look anything like Celine Dion. Like there didn't seem to be an attempt made. There was a look I'm going to pull, I'm going to send you an image as we're talking about it, but a look that this was inspired by like what milk was going after. And it, yeah, really doesn't match the, like it doesn't really quite work. And it looked really poor quality as well. Mm Mm-hmm on the on the stage so i don't really know what the attempt here was for milk in terms of this outfit it's so obscure so uh, random well i mean yeah and it's fair if you're gonna say well yeah this kind of looks like you know a look that celine dion had but i mean have you ever seen the movie precious that um uh mariah carey was in I mean, it was nominated for best. It wasn't her movie. She had like a supporting role. It was nominated for best picture. Okay, uh, maybe I'm not. I can't remember right now. But it, it, she had a small role as like a welfare worker in this movie, Precious. It, it was actually a really good movie. But it it was basically Mariah Carey with like very dark hair, no makeup, looking kind of dumpy, and playing like a social worker. And you never would have recognized her. I'm like, so if somebody came out and they performed this Mariah Carey looking like her character from Precious, I don't think you're going to get points regardless of whether this was a look that Mariah Carey had at one point in time or not. Yeah, it was, just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it, I feel like you'd want to do the iconic, the memorable, mm-hmm. the notable, you know, not the, not these sort of, you know, one time things. Yeah. It, and it was weird. And apparently, um, Celine Dion took off her shoe at one of these things, so that's where that came from. So again, taking the most obscure references that your average person's not going to get. Yeah, it just did not make any sense to me. And shocking, I don't know, I would have put this in the bottom three. Mm -hmm. Because this was just so boring. There was nothing special about it, nothing iconic about the look, the outfits. Just overall a flop. Um, and then post Celine, we got Kennedy Davenport doing Janet Jackson singing <laughs> Charisma, Uniqueness, Nerve, and Talent by RuPaul. Do you remember this one? Um, no, no, and I'll give you a, a good explanation why. So I have this oh, gosh. hatred for Janet Jackson. Like I can't, if you were to take, you know, the five music artists I have the hardest time dealing with. I mean, Janet Jackson's probably number one, like, hands out. I can't think of anybody who, you know, uh, I, I despise more than Janet Jackson. It's yeah. just, I can't stand her music. I can't stand her. I can't stand her videos. It goes to the point that when Janet Jackson, if a video of hers comes on TV or comes on YouTube or something like that, I will actually divert my eyes away from the TV so that I can skip it. Like, Janet Jackson stresses me out like those songs last week. So when this one was going on, as soon as I found out it was Janet Jackson, it wasn't even a conscious thing. I just stopped staring at the TV and just sort of listened to what was going on. And I wasn't even, you know, completely conscious I was doing it. So my apologies that I can't give a proper judgment on Janet Jackson here. Okay, I mean, <laughs> obviously you would see that Kennedy was in the bottom two for this performance. But I didn't think it was awful. It wasn't that bad. I think it was just really like messy. I think the main problem was that Kennedy just forgot to start mouthing the words to the song. Mm-hmm. And so there was just awkward pauses of nothing. And then the dancing was weird. Like, I just thought it was boring. I just didn't think it was awful. Like I would have swapped Kennedy with milk after the, the Celine Dion. Cause that was just bad. Like this wasn't bad. Like this was her in a music video. I don't know the tape of the music video, but she was in a music video looking just like this. So I don't know where the comments that this was bad came from i don't know i didn't think it was that bad i just thought it was boring yeah i mean the one thing i will say is from the few seconds where i was able to actually tolerate staring at stomach it stomach the janet jackson impersonation on tv you know it at least looked like janet jackson i mean 
it would have been a great part of this performance if she just had one of the stagehands come up and like rip a part of her shirt off and there's the nip slips there um, from the Super Bowl happening. I mean, this was their Super Bowl episode here, so uh, that would have been a little bit more relevant. But of course, had it happened, I wouldn't have been staring at the TV to know. <laughs> Doesn't matter to you. <laughs> exactly. Um, then next we had Aja as Amy Winehouse, which I loved. I thought it was great. I I, lo- I couldn't I couldn't stop watching. What do you think? Well, and this is where Thorgy Thor's complaint, I guess, is a little bit valid. There are some. I'm not going to say completely valid, but there are some of these that as soon as you hear it, you're like, okay, you're going to do Amy Winehouse. You know, you can have fun with that. You can make comedy out of it. Um, but at the same time, that argument about Stevie Nicks is not like a gay icon or whatever. I'm like, well, I don't know if Amy Winehouse is either. Um, and I, I would have thought, you know, Stevie Nicks over Amy Winehouse, but, uh, I mean, it was a dead on impression that was also sort of like, you know, turning the dial up just a little bit to make it a little bit exaggerated, a little bit over the top and really finding the humor in it. But it's hard to fail if you're doing an impersonation of Amy Winehouse to not get laughs. You know, I think there's just the subtleties of like that mouth movement Mm -hmm. and like the like almost sexualized like gestures and everything that is just like quintessential Amy Winehouse. And I just think that Aja proves that you didn't need a whole lot of like crazy like actions to like you didn't need a ridiculously funny like Julie Andrews impression to do well. And I don't think you needed to, like, just stand there like uh, Stevie Nicks does. We'll get to that. But I think that this was just a simple. There wasn't a lot of choreography. It was just moving with a chair. And it was simple, but it was effective. And I thought there was humor. It was just, I thought it was really good. And I thought that this was going to be in the top three as well, because I just thought it was so good. And then, the obviously, her, we'll get to her runway look, which was incredible. So, I, I don't know. I was a little put off it. Of, that this wasn't in the tops, but and there was we'll no splits to... this time. Yeah, no splits, <laughs> no, no jumping off boxes. It was simple, all all feet on the ground, save for the chair lifting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we had Chichi Devane as Patty Labelle uh, with a, a weird like dog funnel on her head. <laughs> um. I did not know what that was. It looked like cardboard, so I couldn't even tell what it was. But I thought this was a really good performance, and I was shocked that the, she was in the bottom three. I don't know about you, if you remember it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Patti LaBelle that well, other than that song that I think Celine Dion's more famous for, If You Ask Me To, which, uh, uh, newsflash, um, or if you've listened to other shows, you already know this, originated as a James Bond theme, or I guess secondary theme, in License to Kill from 1989. So that's kind of my familiarity with Patti LaBelle. But uh, when she started doing they gave credit for this later on, those kind of exaggerated hand gestures, uh, that, as soon as they said that, I'm like, wait, I think I probably have seen Patti LaBelle do that before. So yeah, it, it was... This was a good example of taking somebody that's probably not a big, larger-than-life performer. It's not like an Amy Winehouse or a Mariah Carey or something like that. And actually just finding the subtle things that it's not funny and that everybody's going to... It's not going to be the obvious choice of things you're going to do. But then when you see it, you're like, oh, I can connect the dots. I see that that's kind of funny. I just thought it was so good. Like, there was such energy. And I was not bored. Like, I... I was not like, I was like, oh, maybe a little like, oh, I'm a little bored from Kennedy's, you know, performance of uh, Janet Jackson. But there, I just, there was nothing boring about it. And they had the iconic pumpkin pies in the background and everything. I just thought it was, I thought it was so good. Wait, wait, and wait, I, pumpkin pies are iconic for what reason? <laughs> she, she, she started baking her own pies. So she has a baking oh, thing of yeah. successful pies. And I think she has her own cooking show now too. Okay, that I don't know, but I'm not doubting you. <laughs> I, I know there's a cook. There's um, it's probably called something different there. But like we have the Food Network here in Canada, but then there's also a secondary channel that actually has like proper cooking shows on it. Yeah, and there we go. Patty Labelle's Place available on the Cooking Channel, uh, here in Canada. And I don't know if it's the Cooking Channel there in America as well. But yeah, I have seen one or two episodes of Patty Labelle's Place. So obviously, I'm more familiar with her as a TV chef than I am as a singer. <laughs> 
Glad to know you're invested. <laughs> um, Let's do Food Network Oz. Come on. <laughs> All right, don't look at me. I already got one show on board. We can't do too many <laughs> new shows, Colin. After, after third watch goes out, we'll we'll introduce Patty's Place. Jamie and I talked about this. We have to do – have you ever – this is completely off topic, but have you ever watched uh, Nigella Lawson? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. I'm going to send you YouTube clips here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nigella Lawson, the most unintentionally funny cooking host ever. Uh, basically everything she says sounds like an innuendo and yet in her mind it's like she probably has no clue what she's saying but there's there's another topic for a future episode I'm sure somebody will do a Nigella Lawson impression at some point on RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars maybe this season <laughs> yeah let, let's hope so <laughs> Nigella Lawson and Nicki Minaj that's all we need more oh robots. gosh not, not like the Nicki Minaj we got on the Snatch Game episode we watched yeah exactly <laughs> Hey, we, we can't say that we didn't get Nicki Minaj in the first two episodes you recapped. A form of it. Yeah, somewhat. One bet, obviously better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, after Chi-Chi, we had Trixie Mattel as Dolly Parton, which I thought was a pretty funny part. Like, I thought that there was some good, some good lines in there and some good humor and obviously looked quite the part not look did not look as Trixie as normal looked more dolly than Trixie i would say did it, casper enjoy this performance sadly casper didn't watch it with me but uh, oh. uh i'm sure i'll show him next week and he's gonna oh, be good. equally mesmerized but there's something okay it's funny you say that maybe because you have seen the show before but i find that no matter what this Trixie mattel does it always looks like Trixie Mattel. And that's a good thing because it's such a unique, mesmerizingly scary in a funny way look that like, I think it's distinct. And and maybe it's because I'm still trying to figure out who these characters are and how do I tell the difference between them when they're in costume, when they're out of costume, when they are in costume, are they doing an impersonation? Are they doing themselves? Uh, do they have little mirrors on their face? Um, but like this one, I can't exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get who Trixie Mattel is, and I think it's just hilarious. And there was a really funny line that uh, uh, they had about Trixie uh, later on. Was it here? Was it later on where Trixie was kind of saying, like, they expected her or him or her? Um, you know, the other funny thing is RuPaul in this show messes me up because I'm trying to figure out, is it, do you refer to this him? Do you refer to this her? RuPaul will say things like, gentlemen, start your engines, and then say, okay, her and she, like, five seconds later. So I don't know how to keep track. But anyways, Trixie Mattel looks hilarious no matter what. I just wish that Trixie Mattel did Dolly Parton on roller skates. That would have been amazing. I think the one criticism about Trixie's performance is that it was kind of like what you would expect. Like it wasn't out there. Like Trixie does sing. You saw what she performed in the very first episode. Mm-hmm. A very slow country-esque ballad. And then gets Dolly Parton as the person to cover. It's just a little too on the nose. But otherwise, I thought it was a good performance. I don't think I definitely think it was definitely safe. I don't know if it was. I definitely enjoyed Amy Winehouse a little more than this performance. But I, I still on the uh, all good. No sort of crazy milk peanut butter on the neck kind of thing. <laughs> um, post Trixie, we had Shangela as Mariah Carey. Now, what were your questions? Um. Okay, so I get the Mariah Carey impersonation. It was hilarious. And uh, one of the judges, I'm trying to remember the line here, basically referred to like Mariah Carey as uh, you have to play it with like a cross of confusion and something else, which perfectly describes... Confusion and confidence. Confusion and confidence, yeah, which perfectly describes Mariah Carey. Um, Here's my question. If you're doing an impersonation of Mariah Carey, shouldn't there be singing... And like, did, did they just run out of songs? Because that felt like it felt like Mariah Carey's spoken word album or something. Like, I don't think there was any singing in this. It was like spoken word. I, I, I don't, I didn't understand it. <clears throat> so this is the one thing that messed me up because, like, I can somewhat see the things Thorchy was saying about, oh, well, I get the worst part. Like, I can see like the arguments of like maybe that part was worse. But I really don't buy like that there was a bad role. I just buy that there were two obvious great roles. Yeah. And that was this one was the first one, and the next one would be obviously the Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. 
But I think that this was just so easy to do. Like, everyone could have done it. No one could have messed it up. It was just making fun of Mariah's, like, diva moments of, like, most of this was inspired by her New Year's performance where she's like, hey, yeah. everyone sing along. And the lap- <laughs> and my lip sync track stopped singing, so no one was singing. And she's like, so we're, guess we're going to stand over here now. It's just, like, it was perfectly written to be funny. Yeah. No matter who got it. And there's like, my I, other I question. That, like, we oh, saw that guy, the guest judge, doing choreography with them. Did he kind of design their performances, or did they go out there and say, I'm going to do these little things here and there? Like, well, I don't know I don't how much know, control they have over it. Because what? Um, Thorgy came up, and he was like, all right, well, what do you want to do? He's like, can you write your own? Can you do your own choreography? And then people was like... Um, like Kennedy was getting intense choreography mm-hmm. and it was just like, what, what's it's just, there was no consistency. Like some got a lot, some got a little, some got a lot of props, mm-hmm. some got none. Like milk had no props, but then, yeah. um, Trixie had a guitar and Julie Andrews had a table with a microphone, you know, it, it's just like, there was no consistency across the board, which would have been nicer. Uh, so I just I don't know. I thought the performance was great. I was laughing the whole time. I thought it was so funny. All the fake fake dancing and the mm-hmm. like carry me. Let the audience <laughs> think. Like it was just it was so funny. And then like getting her hand held as she's walking down the stage. Just like all the the right things to be there, but I think it was just written that way. Mm-hmm. Um I guess from the best we'll go to the one of the worst, which was Thorgy as Stevie Nicks. Oh. Um, which I thought was a little odd. I definitely see the things as like, there was not a lot of choreography, but like the, it was the analogy of like, you're dealt a bad hand, but you can like bounce back. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Thorgy really didn't do anything to change the bad hand. It was like, I got a bad hand. All right, I'm out. Instead of like, let me play, let me bluff or whatever. Like there was none of that. Well, at least from my perspective. And there's another one that's going to be coming up who had probably an equally difficult character portray, but was given credit for what they did with that difficult character, um, which you probably already know which one I'm talking about, because I think we only have one left to talk about after this. But um, with the Stevie Nicks thing, like, the thing is, I'm I'm not really a Stevie Nicks fan. Um, my mom was a huge Stevie Nicks fan, though, so I've seen enough to know that there are quirks about Stevie Nicks you could have played up on him. I did love the line about uh, Stevie Nicks... Uh, um, uh, I don't know if he was referring to Stevie Nicks or something. Stevie Nicks is not a witch. She's an eccentric Gemini, which is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but it seemed like he was taking the stance of, I don't want to play up on the stereotype of she's a witch. But I can remember as a kid seeing Stevie Nicks, you know, if my mom was watching something with Stevie Nicks and it would, it would kind of terrify me. And I didn't know the whole thing about Stevie Nicks being a witch. It's just, there was something about it. It was just kind of creepy. And you could have brought that here. You could have, just give it a little bit of a crazy, have a crazy look in your eye. And even the thing with the tambourine, I mean, I think Stevie Nicks was known for that, like using a tambourine or whatever. And Thorgy is basically holding this tambourine and not moving. Like at any point, all he had to do was just slap it on his thigh or something or move it. And there was no movement with his tambourine. It's like you have a prop and you're just standing still. It's just, it seemed like, Maybe he was such a big fan of Stevie Nicks that I have to do the most authentic performance, but somehow in doing that, did nothing. Yeah, it looked just like twitching instead of like movement, mm-hmm. like a hand gesture, a little bit of a shake, and then that was it. Like, yes, there was not a lot of choreography, but there was a whole point where you could have been outlandish. Like, you weren't doing choreography, so you could be crazy. You weren't stuck in this movement. You were you could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. So I felt that that was, like, my real problem is that, like, yeah, it may have been the worst part than Mariah Carey or even Dolly Parton, but it was still, you could have done something. Yeah. I just felt like, come on, like, at least try. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you may, like, Spire players know they're getting vote out, but at least scramble. Like, at least do something. And I, I, we just didn't get that. And obviously, Dorji sends home, but... That also may have been a part of the edit. Who knows? Uh, and the la- edit. Uh, Th- this episode was 90% Thorgy Thor. <laughs> well, 
Well, I'm just saying the edit, like we had, they had to edit why she went home as well. Mm-hmm. So like that comes into it as well. Um, second to last, we had one of the most, the, the one of the funniest of the entire thing, which is Ben de la Creme as Julie Andrews, <laughs> another British character to impersonate. Mm-hmm. And probably got the hardest song to perform out of any of them. Like this rapping song is Julie Andrews, but it was just so funny. There was choreography, there was music, there was movements. It was just, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was the best performance out of all the divas. Yeah. And English. this is um, like what I do appreciate about the show, just the, the performance of these drag queens as a comedy act slash an impersonation uh, or an amplified impersonation because what Thorgy Thor was lacking in not picking up on little mannerisms and body language, you get a performance like this with Julie Andrews. And this isn't even the, the other one I was talking about, but this song is, it, it, it's, it's, it, it doesn't sound like a Julie Andrews song, you know? And that's kind of what made it funny is that the song is like the antithesis of what Julie Andrews would do. Um, but it, it worked because in performing this really odd, really high energy, really fast song that, as you said, it, it would be tough to lip sync to, especially if you don't, if you've never heard this song before, even if you have heard it. I mean, I think RuPaul even said it took like five days to record that song because it was impossible to even perform. Um, you're still left with, you know, what do you do to make this distinguishable as Julie Andrews when the song is not like Julie Andrews? And just, again, the little body movements, this kind of like very fluid uh, the, like the movie Enchanted, you know, just a, a slightly over-the-top Disney princess way of moving uh, that just, it, it told you immediately this was Julie Andrews, even if the costume didn't. And that's the type of thing that was missing from the uh, the Stevie Nicks one. And I thought it was hilarious, too. And it, I think the funniest thing about it, and this is where I also think, with a show like this, it is, I guess it falls into that category of a talent show, um, it's like more along the lines of a professional talent show, you know? It's one type of skill and how do you do this? Yeah, they're giving them a challenge saying all of you have this character you have to do, but it is in a way the luck of the draw. But I would say that this Julie Andrews, even though that's luck of the draws and you get to play a very like recognizable character that's very distinct, with this song, that's impossible to do. So that's what made this impressive because it was think- Julie Andrews without sounding like Julie Andrews. Unlike the Mariah Carey, this was actually something that put in the different hand, someone else's hands would have failed. Yeah. Like, I don't think that this was a guaranteed, you know, hit. Like if, if you know, Milk had it, would it, would it have won? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So I definitely think that it maybe was a better part in terms of its writing, but I think it was a lot harder to perform than something like Mariah Carey, which anyone could have walked up and done. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, we have the diva of all divas, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, Bibi Zahara Bene as Diana Ross, who didn't do much, but got praise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I felt about it. I thought it was good. Like, there was a lot of, you know, I thought that line of, text me, was really funny. Um, I just thought there was some good, I thought it was good. Like, I I didn't see a problem with it. I didn't, I was a little surprised that it was in the tops, though. Um, yeah, like, I think this is a perfect example of, something like Stevie Nicks that's not necessarily funny on paper uh, because they even point, the judges even pointed out you can perform Diana Ross but you're, you don't have a lot to work with she doesn't move a lot, she doesn't you know, have a lot of facial expressions, she's not that over the top, I guess she is over the top in a way but it's just, it's completely different you, you can't really poke fun at yeah, her, exactly. unlike some of the other ones you could really kind of get into yeah, like it's not hard to make fun of Mariah Carey, you know? It's not hard to make fun of Dolly Parton. But what do you do with Diana Ross? And the the credit they gave on this was again just in the body language picking up on these little these little quirks that you look at it and it's funny because you recognize that as something that Diana Ross would have done, but again, this it wasn't the biggest character. So it's not like you're going to get a big laugh. But I think this is another example of why you can't just say bad luck of the draw that you got Stevie Nicks because bad luck of the draw if you get Diana Ross and somehow this was entertaining. It definitely wasn't the best, but for what there was to work with, it was pretty solid. Yeah, I definitely there was definitely a lot of the gestures. I think the performance was there more. I think 
you know, performing to the judges was a little bit better. Like there was, you could see uh, BB like looking right at them and performing to them and giving something that they wanted instead of just kind of doing your own thing and hoping that it goes right. Like I think reading the judges and reading what they were liking was a part of it as well. Um, I guess we can quickly go through the runway. I don't know if you remember yeah. it. <laughs> I, I did. I did but... send you the link that shows them all. Yeah. Uh, and I guess here's my problem. When you're you changing costumes, <laughs> well, like when you're changing costumes back to back and this looks completely different from the, you know, everything else other than Trixie Mattel, which you can always tell it's Trixie Mattel. Um, it's impossible to follow who's who, but here's where my problem is with this episode. And I, I think I've said this on the past ones we've done too. I feel like the first challenge they do is always the entertaining one. And that's kind of what I enjoy. I enjoy watching the, the humor of these challenges, but then you get to what I consider like a secondary challenge that they put after like this, the, the first one should have been the main event. And here we have, okay, you're going to, you know, walk down this runway. You're going to do a look that, that when they kept saying redemption, I had no idea what that was until this came up and i guess the idea behind it is something that they did that didn't work the first season they were on and now they can redo it but to me it all looked the same so when they're showing these side-by-side pictures i can't notice a difference and like that's that's the problem i have when jamie watches these shows like project runway or america's next top model or anything like that is that she's watching and it's like oh this person didn't deserve to go i'm like really i mean these models are all walking straight i mean i didn't see anybody trip you know these these designers on Project Runway or whatever. I mean, they, they, I don't see like stitches hanging out, and there's no th- threads. Like, how do you judge something like this? I mean, if they're wearing the same costume and they didn't trip when they were on stage, I think it was a success. So I just I don't really I don't see. I, I feel like this episode loses so much tension for what I consider this being a throwaway challenge on the end. But I will. I will say one thing. Uh, credit to the judges for kind of saving this with their little uh, one-liners they throw out as people are out there. Uh, I think the best one was when Trixie was out there and I said, "Trixie, I got some uh, pots in my sink that need a scrub." <laughs> um, which reminded me of uh, another show. I, you, have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand? Yeah. Yeah, it's. It feels like this show a lot of times to me feels like Mystery Science Theater 3000 that it's just you hear a lot of these like one-liners from behind the camera that's making fun of these people and it's just like blinking you miss it but yeah I enjoyed the Mystery Science Theater 3000 aspect of this but the challenge itself like I don't know how to judge anybody based on this All right then I'll guess I'll give my two cents what you should think and what you should think Wait you tell me what um, to think First of all I thought it was funny what was it RuPaul was like to Shangela in the bubble. You've got 30 seconds of oxygen left. <laughs> and just, there are some there are some good one-liners in here. Oh, with, uh, there's the other one with um, uh, whoever it was that played Janet Jackson, the first one. It's, uh, it's like, kind of looks like Janet Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yeah, there was definitely some good one-liners here. Um, so I think on the whole, most of these things were improvements from their first time. I think some of them were okay i don't really get where they were going but the notable ones definitely were aja's uh incest look which was a real mess if you like that's something you could say if you watch that episode you'd be like that's a mess and then another big improvement would be kennedy's uh probably the most iconic memorable looks ever was when she came out like this freaking freaking worst highlighted thing and it just looked awful and then I thought this was ten times better with the the fire look, and then revealing to show the the stones on the face as always. Yeah, I that was these... that was different. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that I mean that was pretty classic. The the reveal of the whole white underneath and everything. I thought it, I thought it was really good. And then obviously there was and Shangela is coming out in a freaking bubble, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure they have to blow up when she's on there or something because there's stairs on the other side of the the entrance there so i don't know how she got up there we need the Uh, behind the scenes video of this 
Yeah, that, where's, that's where's our CBS editor is giving us the the raw where's the footage? All access. Yeah, <laughs> RuPaul's the, um... All Access. <laughs> Coming soon to CBS All Access. Um, <laughs> other than that, I thought everything was pretty okay. Cheesy Cheese was pretty bad. Thorgy's was pretty, eh. BB's was kind of pretty basic, just a leather suit. So, on the whole, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and what, okay, what were your thoughts on the declared top two being the ones that they were? Were you would would you sign off on that? Um, now again, I'm gonna only be able to base this on the first challenge. Um, I know that Ben did the. Uh... Uh, the Julie Andrews. So Shangela was the other one. What, what was it that Shangela dressed as? Mariah Carey. The Mariah Carey, yeah. I mean, those are definitely the two most memorable. So um, I'm, I, I'm fully supporting the judge's decision this week. <laughs> Did you think the Diana Ross should have been in the top three? Or who would you... Mm, no, I mean, if there was a third one, I'd probably say Amy Winehouse. Because um, I think all the other ones were either just a little bit... There, there were maybe... Yeah, you can appreciate things about it, but I think those were the three that actually kind of made me laugh. And then what about the Stevie Nicks, Janet Jackson, Pollock in the bottoms? Well, again, I didn't watch the Janet Jackson, but I think just based on the fact that they said you're doing Janet Jackson, you didn't say, no, I'm not. Janet Jackson should not be on television anymore. Um, definitely deserving the bottom. I mean, the other, uh, the, the only other one that really could have ended up in here was the Celine Dion like that one Celine Dion was terrible so just because I did not recognize it as Celine Dion so you didn't love the peanut butter necklace no I mean it's, even the picture you sent me which is like this is the one was supposed to be Celine Dion like yeah her hair is completely back in that and I think that's the other thing is that I think the performer had like their hair long and it's like there's no way to even recognize it as Celine Dion yeah, it's just the most obscure. So I thought that was going to definitely be in the bottom. Um, and obviously we get, I don't know, you probably zoned out, but we got a lot of more drama in the backstage about Milk complaining. that I didn't. Oh. I didn't zone out here. Um, what were your thoughts on the Milk? Like, oh, I should have been in the top. I, I was safe. I mean, I thought the Thorgy was going to be the one crying about it. So, <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I felt like it dragged on too long, but uh, maybe it drag. dragged on too long. And this show's full of puns like that, too. Um, but I, I think I, I was able to follow the characters more. And I'm surprised that they're not as over the top and mean as nasty as they thought they were. And I, I kind of mentioned last week that one of the things that's different about this is because these are performers and they are stand up. And a lot of this is like just constantly roasting each other. They have enough of a sense of humor that if one person is critical to the other, they're not going to sit there and say, how could you say that about me, you know? But this was, I guess, the closest we had to, like, a breakdown on this show. So I'm just thankful at this point that it's not that over-the-top, like what you get on Hell's Kitchen where people are like, I will slit your neck and, you know, uh, bury your children alive. Like, those are the things you get on Hell's Kitchen. And here it's pretty tame in comparison. But it definitely dragged on way too long. And here's my biggest problem with this entire episode. Uh, maybe this is because they are extending these episodes and they really needed a lot of filler here. But when you have these dramatic scenes happening backstage, we can't cut. Like last week, they were able to cut back to the pork chop lip sync challenge, which was more amusing than what was happening backstage. But you could cut. And I think that was the entire purpose of, hey, we're going to do something stupid here, which what was even the, the challenge they had for the judges while they were waiting? What was it? I'm like blanking on it. Yeah, it was it was completely insignificant, whatever it was. Oh, they were doing strip oh, poker. Oh, they strip poker. <laughs> yeah, which they showed one shot of. And it was, what's his name? Uh, the guy who was on The Apprentice. Um, Carson. Carson, yeah, it was him stripping. Um, which, of course, you're going to assume he's going to be the one who's probably going to get naked in this group. But, uh, but. It would be too much. It would be too difficult for RuPaul to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah it's we talked about this in the amazing race about certain things killing the tone they're going for and you want to go for this big dramatic scene backstage but then it runs on a long time so you want to be able to cut back to what the judges are doing because that's amusing on its own i feel like they realized like at this point in editing there was no way to show 
a dramatic scene and then cut back to something this goofy like strip poker going on in the judging room. You can't cut back and forth. So we ended up with one quick shot of the strip poker thing and then they awkwardly cut back to it one time throughout this which just was completely flat because you went from this really dramatic moment to hey isn't it funny Carson's naked now so I don't know it it, it either they either need to cut these scenes down because the show that this is most similar to is face off and with face off once they decide these are the people that's bottom you get like a minute and a half of people backstage and I don't know if we needed ten and a half minutes of people backstage again and by the time they actually get out there and judge it, I'm kind of just like, okay, let's just get on with it already. Yeah, I think it did drag on, but I think I think because I knew that Thorgy was probably going to go, like, <laughs> got the most confessionals, Kennedy was really invisible, and yes, there's those eliminations that are like, whoa, I didn't see that coming, but I just felt like it was kind of obvious, and we kind of knew it was going to happen. And I think it also showed in the way that they talked to Shangela about it, saying, you know, Thorgy was like, hey, I'm going to open to, I'm open to an alliance. What do you think? And then, and then Kennedy said the really calm, the really simple thing, like, how could I eliminate you? And it's just like, well, I think we know which is the better one to go with, like the one that's more heartfelt, the more sincere thing. So I just, have, I definitely think last week, episode was a lot better in terms of the way they handled that backstage stuff and come well, on how can you beat pork chop against the next <laughs> legends yeah and i want to i want to cut back to that stuff more and i think if they they cut down on some of these dramatic scenes they can do that but i i know i'm going to sound like to all the people who watch the show or listen to this podcast like the biggest idiot who knows nothing the about three the show people. the three people yeah i mean i technically am the biggest idiot who knows nothing about the show because this is the second episode in context i've ever watched but I think when you have a show that is supposed to be talent-based and then you add this strategy part on there, like when I hear people talk about alliances, I kind of just laughed, and I, maybe that's because I don't get it, but I can't imagine a world where we're watching Survivor and they do an immunity challenge, and the immunity challenge is voted on by Jeff Propes and Mark Burnett, and it's like, oh, you stood the stillest on that platform while balancing this puzzle over your head. So you are the winner. Now you choose, as the sole person who gets to make a decision, you choose who goes home. How does strategy even factor into that? Like, I don't get how alliances could even work in this show. I think it's just a matter of your path. I think unlike, you know, a random, like a Survivor uh, Panama, where these people are strangers. You know, these people who know each other, they've worked together, they, they help each other. They're really like close people, so I think it's relying a lot on who, what you know of these people from your past. And you know, I don't think had Ken, you know, if Kennedy's going to win a challenge in the future, I could see her just not eliminating Shangela just because they're so close. Mm -hmm. So I think that those things kind of play into it, and I think that I think that this was the first inclination that we got some sort of strategy from any of the eliminations that were handled like this we didn't get this in all-stars too they were just oh, like oh well not. they're like we're gonna eliminate the weak one and that's it and this time they're actually like chantel's like well if i save you are you gonna save me if i need it i think that we're actually getting some sort of at least something you know it's not gonna yeah. be like well if we're gonna we're gonna throw votes here and this is gonna happen and it's and this idol is gonna be played like there's not that so i think it's just like a really simple sort of strategy of like hey help me out later okay mm -hmm. Um, and so before we get to the lip sync, I wanted to touch on one thing about Morgan, who was eliminated last week. So Morgan released on Twitter about who, she, or not Twitter, Instagram, about who her diva would have been had she been in the challenge. Mm -hmm. And her diva would have been Lana Del Rey. Who which, I don't know who that is. <laughs> which is very bad, like a very poor question, because that's not a diva. She's not a diva at all. She's like... Just like an indie singer, very melodramatic, like, not melodramatic, that's not the right word, very melancholy-esque. Oh, I know who this is. Ben complained about her last week randomly on another episode we had. <laughs> okay, well, Ben's opinion is awful. <laughs> but we knew that. Anyway, I, mean, I just wanted to point I, out I, that that would have been, probably would have landed her in the bottom this week, in my opinion. Well, but I mean, let's let's say if somebody had gotten Jewel. Jewel's like just a folksy singer, but you could do a lot of humor with Jewel. <laughs> you can make fun of Jewel easily. Yeah. 
That would be mine. I if 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 I'm ever on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I don't believe that's ever going to happen, the but Canadian on RuPaul's Drag yeah, Race, if, if I'm on uh, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Canada uh, or Kids in the Hall Drag Race Canada, then I will go on there and I will do Jewel in this challenge. Perfect. Or for Snatch Game. Or for the Snatch Game. Yeah, I will just I'll I'll just do Jewel. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Okay, so let's finish this episode. We have the lip sync between Ben Delacrim and Shangela to the song Jump by the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> How does this rank against Anaconda by Nicki Minaj? Obviously lower. Uh, well, I actually thought the performance was better this week. Uh, wow. Because I, I, I thought it was funny how they were playing off each other and almost like... In, in a challenge like this, and again, I don't understand the purpose, and this goes along with my complaint that like you start with the main event, the celebrity impersonation, and then you do, let's cr- recreate a look you've already done before, and then let's end with just lip syncing. Uh, that seems boring to me. But the way that they did this lip sync, it was like a competition. Like one would do something, the other would actually like act as if they're playing up, and like they'd look at the other person funny, say, "Fine, I can do that too. Let me do a somersault," you know, like. And then the other person, oh, fine, I'll do a backflip. Like, is this back and forth they had where it felt like one performance of two people. It was just funny that they were competing with each other. And there were some funny moments in here, too. Um, I think it was Shangela that won me over where I'm like, okay, well, this Shangela probably deserved this one. Was when the first chorus of Jump came in, she pretended she was using a jump rope. <laughs> it just looked it looked really funny. Oh, I think uh, that, there was an actual jump rope. Oh, was there? Okay. I was watching this on my phone while walking in minus 16 degree Celsius. So, um, Canadians. Canadians, Yeah. Uh, it was minus 23 when I was walking to work and I was watching the celebrity impersonation challenge, which, uh, probably the reason I couldn't watch Jan Jackson, but you know, you were uh, probably jumping over the train tracks when you were doing that. I was jumping a train at the time, but, uh, listening to jump for my love. Uh, but <laughs> let's be honest. Both of these pale in comparison to Hugh Grant's lip syncing of this song from Love Actually. Like that's the ultimate. Okay, well, I still think. Come on, Anaconda was really good. I think I preferred that one. It was, and, one. and I think when we went through these lip sync things in the the random episode rewatch, I'm like, I don't get this at all. And maybe it's just because they've chosen two pretty catchy songs and hilarious songs too, where people can do a fun performance to it that I think it's a little bit better. Yeah. I, de- I mean, I definitely thought the performance was good. I thought it was crazy that Shangela is jumping in heels with a jump rope. <laughs> and then I thought that Ben was going for the comedy approach of trying to copy Shangela. Yeah. And like, funny. like, uh, out of breath and everything. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I had a feeling that Shangela was going to win. I, Cause I think that, you know, Ben Delacreme would be a real major threat to win after if two wins in a row mm-hmm. i mean it would definitely put a lot of pressure on her to, to succeed or him uh, depending on which mood rupaul's in yeah <sighs> um so shangela wins has to eliminate eliminate thorgy i'm not shocked you're not shocked who's shocked no one and then we obviously get the scene of them like ooh, maybe thorgy's gonna do something next you know, coming up. Anyway, we'll see what happens with that. that um, with that bonus scene on the end. Yeah, the one with the, the like, hey, I got your back with the RuPaul message and everything, and then the girls in the background. Yeah, that that Handmaid's Tale parody. Yeah. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Which m- my guess is, again, I have never seen this show before, so I'm assuming that this is something where they're gonna bring somebody back in a future episode like they win a chance to come to. back on the show yeah they did this last last season so they would definitely probably do it this season i don't I mean, see I why th- not i think that thorgy is an interesting character i i found thorgy more interesting out of costume just as a character uh and even some of the funny lines that we missed like uh what was it when he says right at the end to vanessa williams i loved you in a racer like of all things i loved that you wasn't in a racer Thorgy, but okay oh who was it that said that that was chi chi oh okay so chi chi's great as a character so thorgy you deserve to go home uh you should have been a fan of a racer um yeah maybe but, you would have been safe yeah exactly uh suck up to vanessa williams more but also that um that that end scene there like i i 
are those the two people who showed up? Are those supposed to be like the past winners of the show or yeah. something? Okay, that's because I recognize them from the Hall of Fame of yeah the Hall all of Fame stars or are all stars of losers, whatever this show is supposed to be. Yeah, the 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 fame from the losers. Oh, anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then we since we don't, I mean, normally we would know, but we're recording this so late that we know what's going <laughs> to happen next week. Um, next week around the judging panel, we're going to get, um, we're going to have obviously RuPaul, we're going to have Michelle, we're going to have Ross Matthews back from episode one, but we're also going to have Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and Constant Zimmer from Yeah! Under- and that means Jamie's watching it. <laughs> and because the challenge is actually going to be a parody of The Bachelor. Another reason Jamie will watch this one. They're going, they're going to be performing The Bitchler. <laughs> which is probably going to be an acting challenge. Um, I'm not against it because we get to see Constance Zimmer and Jeffrey Bart Chapman, which were pretty uh, great people from Unreal. I'm just kind of hoping that we get Snatch Game coming up soon because they already had it in the original on All-Stars 2, so I'm hoping that we get it soon. But I'm not going to complain with Constance Zimmer on the judging panel. So, And no, I was, I mean- you're not going to complain. That's that's why I tuned into the first two episodes, just waiting till we get there. So come episode four, you better hope they have somebody good, otherwise I might be out. <laughs> I'll be doing this alone. Yeah, I'll do it get with Casper, Casper. on. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, and I guess we're down to the ranking. The buy it, the rent it, the bin it. What do you oh, want to yeah. do, Colin? See, again, this is that moment where fans of the show are going to be like, well, he just doesn't understand the show. I mean, I, I tried to, it's every. I feel like every week I'm ranking the show on a different criteria. Because in all honesty, I probably enjoyed this episode more than last week because I understood it more. But last week I was kind of just ranking it in terms of, you know, is there enough entertainment in this episode that uh, I'm not completely lost and I'm okay with watching this again? This week, I understood what was going on. I just felt like the format of the show was a mess. And I felt like it was too long. And definitely with each challenge kind of taking a step down, I didn't like that. So I'm probably going to go with Bennett with this one. But there were still some entertaining moments. It's just I, I really feel like the the production of the show this week, it just it just didn't work. And also, it was way too obvious who was going the whole time. I mean, you do have to have some suspense as to who's going home. Um, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to rent it just because I thought there were some funny moments like some funny lines but the challenge was kind of meh to me like I didn't think the challenge was that great and then there was really and the and the editing really kind of told me like hey this person's going home mm-hmm. hey don't forget hey like it was just constant really reminding me that that that, that the orgy was home, going home and it was just like alright just end it and then there was some of it that dragged, but I thought it was fun. Like I, I would watch it again, so I wasn't too bad. Um, and that's it. We'll be back in probably like three days. Yeah, we'll see the Olympics start in two. <laughs> yeah, coming soon to somewhere in your ears. The Olympics and Third Watch and and other things that I don't listen to. So stay tuned. And the end of Star Trek Discovery. Finally, woo! <laughs> you guys Finally, kept through that's it. What we're saying, <laughs> um, and that's and I'm sure there's other things. Movies, are there movies coming? Uh, well, we we will have the Oscars. We're gonna Ben and I are gonna go through all of the Best Picture nominees at some point in the next month. It's probably gonna be closer to the end of the month, though. Uh, but that's what's coming up, and. Uh, I don't know. If I see anything else between now and then, maybe I'll review it. But I don't think there's anything coming out right now that's any good. Can you recommend uh, any movies? Um, Clue. Mean Girls does not have a new movie coming out, Jamie. She says lame. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey Part 3 is out this weekend. There's that's something it. We're, we're watching it. Ben and I already said, like, it's going to take something like, I don't know, 5,000 subscribers uh, or 5,000 likes before we ever cover. That will be like the reward. If people want us to have to sit down and watch Fifty Shades of Grey, then we're going to need like thousands upon thousands. Hey, you, you never thought you'd be watching this show. So, Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie's... Never say never. 
Jamie's still mumbling in the background but wanting to watch Mean Girls, so... Oh, Winchester. Okay, so Winch- we're going to watch Winchester, an old lady in a horror movie. <laughs> okay. You're not it. familiar with Winchester, obviously. No. It's Helen Mirren in a, a, a horror oh, movie. done. We'll watch yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> Rossi's covering it with us. You said one of the best best of the the G, the the goat the goat the greatest of greatest all time, of all time. <laughs> yeah so obviously i'm sold all right coming soon to the oz network done all right are we done uh i am <laughs> okay that's it for this episode stick tuned for stick to stick tuned stay tuned <laughs> for more RuPaul, Ru, rupaul's drag race all stars and amazing race don't get amazing race yes if you want to hear more of our voices if not then listen to ben but that's it for this week um as always i'm rossi and i should have been in the top why wasn't i in the top and i'm calling not a witch but an eccentric aries Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.